This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so we're, we're holding here in Parashat Vayishlach, and it says, Vayyobe says, If Esav will come, um, the other one will be left over the Plato. So, the Avinezer here is sort of um, kind of asking a Shaila uh, whether or not the Navi needs to know everything. And if the Navi doesn't know it, is, is it some sort of problem with the Navi? So, the Avinezer says, this is by Yaakov was kind of hedging his bets. Maybe this, maybe this. So, the Avinezer says, Ula Yerusha so if one of them find out the other one has been decimated, they're going to run away. Maybe his brother's anger will subside after hitting one machna. Or maybe Hashem will help them. And so on. So basically, the dividing up into two machnas was... Um, had many mahalchim al pider chateva, why it would work. Ukamayu, mtaxi harami many, vatili ishua. Umashama avinish shlomo, shele plato bal karachoi, uderech drash. Rashi says that it will it will definitely be a plato. That's not, it's al pider drash, but it's not pshat. Ve'e mashem amalo vayazach kaparats. I, Akadishpochu, told him, aftach vayazach kaparats. Doesn't that mean it's going to have to be? That's about karcha. So the Nazir Tainas no. Lo yeda im al ela al acherim. He doesn't know if he means these or means others. Kihine Yosef kashenim kah Yaakov chayts. So it could very well be that when Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised him, maybe this entire family would go and there'd be other ones. He says, and he sort of is bothered. Well, as a novi, wouldn't he know? So he says, no. Hine Yosef kashenim kah Yaakov chay. When Yosef was sold, Yaakov was living, yoda, and he didn't know. A Navi doesn't have his own Ruach HaKodesh, kind of. doesn't have his own, um, doesn't have his own ability to go and look for information in private files. All it is, is simply that when and if, Akash Baruch tells him he chooses to tell a Navi. So he didn't know Yosef was, was sold, even though he was a Navi. Um, Chazal and Rashi say that's because the Kashbrochu hid it from him. You know, it's, it's Mashman normally would have known, but there was like a special effort to hide it from him. But he does it differently. Valisha Amav Hashem Helimimeni. So it's interesting. So the, the Psukim, like when he's being arrived from Alisha, over there it says Hashem hid it from me. So um, it's Mashman, he, he was expected to have known, but Kashbrochu made an effort to hide it. Um, but he learns differently. In other words, they ask, how was Yaakov afraid? He said, he wasn't sure in the Nevoah what it meant. It could mean that you'll be safe, but your family, will be gone. So um, another knows only what Kashmach chooses to tell him, and what he doesn't know, and what Kashmach chooses not to reveal to him, is as blind as anyone else. The next Evan Ezra is a very, very, so to speak, Evan Ezra in understanding much of Tanakh. 
much of Tanakh deals with the sins of, of great people. And uh, how do we look at it? Uh, how do we understand it? Were they great people? Weren't they great people? So Nazir gives us the Yisod that really is the, um, it, it, it's, it's the Aleph base of learning Tanakh. The Odiadani says, Kikol Ovoin Kotten Vigodal Kinegra Ose. The, the, the um, severity of, a, of an Avera is measured with the one who does it. So a small Avera for a big person is called a big Avera. If we see a big person, a person whom we've <coughs> taken to be something of Shiva's, doing things that are minorly inappropriate, we still feel it's wrong and we feel it's a terrible blot because he's so special. This is something Val um, says, and don't be surprised at this. I'm sorry. Yaakov knew that he hadn't done any great averus. I mean, Yaakov did a cheshman efesh, and Yaakov knew that there were no big ones there in his ledger. But Yaakov said, small averus, shogeg, or, you know, kind of machshava, I can't say for sure not. And for someone like me, that counts. Tame, he says, take a look um, how a Kaddish Baruch Hu reacts to the, to the slight avarice of big people. Kine says, Moshe she'en l'malamena. There's nobody bigger than Moshe Rabbeinu. Vehu sholcher l'hoites from Yitzrayim. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu sends him to redeem Kaddish from Yitzrayim. So the greatest person of the greatest moment in history and yet because he had forgotten and was beshogeg because he, the, the, the conditions weren't ripe for making a bris on his son he sent the Malach to kill him so you see a Kaddish Baruch who evaluates Averis um, feed the person it, it's something that's important to remember because there's a certain conundrum about the, the, the uh, learning all the Averis in, in the in the, um, in the in the entire about big people, um, Yosef and his brothers. So, doesn't the Torah tell us the story to teach us jealousy? Isn't that what the Torah is, is teaching us with it? I mean, the stories that the Torah gives us are for lessons, and the lessons a, a, a big part of that lesson would be about the friction between the brothers. Whether you learn about Yosef sort of waving a red flag, and he did wrong, that was called Maithenairus, the brothers with their kinna, um, and, and having to make up for it by, by you, know, <coughs> you know, defending Binyamin, and so on. Those, that story is something which does teach us that. Um, and, and the Chatoi Maklai, so on, so on. So how do we approach that? On the other hand, we seem to have this thing about you know, chas v'sholem, we can even think and dream and so on and so forth, that they did not bear. And, and, and there's something to it also. We have to understand something. If David HaMelech is as bad as a simple reading of Tanakh uh, would lead us to believe, then I humbly would say that I am much more chas v'sholem HaMelech. I, I, you know, I haven't done, uh, you know, in recent memory, I haven't killed anybody or made up anybody's wife or done anything like that. So, I mean, why don't I get an honorable mention at least? I mean, Aaron gets honorable mention, but I don't think same last name. So what's the, so, so why? What does it, what does it mean a who likes David? You know, a, a human being has weaknesses. So 
Ploni Almoini, who's not a great person, a little bit of a swindler, but he's charming and he's cute and he's nice and he's interesting and he's fun, so I have a sore spot for him. That's a weakness of mine. Um, so-and-so is a mean person, a nasty person, but he gives a lot of money for my institution, and therefore I have a sore spot for him. That's a weakness, and admitted weakness. But what do you say about Kaddish Baruch Hu? If David HaMelech is as guilty as says in Tanakh, what did Kaddish Baruch Hu like about David? That he was a strong warrior? Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want to put the muscles in. I mean, what's, it, what's his problem to give muscles to good people, to righteous people? Uh, is Kaddish Baruch Hu swayed by, 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 by a, a well-built body? I mean, it's crazy. So, so, so if Kaddish Baruch Hu chooses David, and David is his chosen one, and David is the one that's the Melech Yisrael forever, and the Mashiach, and everything, he obviously is a person that is beyond what we imagine. And yes, there's still a lot of faults there. So the right way to look at it is that those faults are faults because he's a big person. Um, it's just like if I buy a cheap lens and there's some minor microscopic scratches on it, um, it's nothing. Uh, what's the problem? You'll take just as good pictures with or without those scratches. They don't make any difference. If I buy a lens for thousands of dollars, every tiny scratch is meaningful. But it's meaningful because it, one of the things that's very irritating is sometimes you hear people normally consider themselves orthodox and they they talk with such arrogance about the obviousness and and the message is very clear that they are by far superior. They never would even dream of anything close to that. That that's the tone of voice and that's the attitude and that's what's conveyed. It reminds me of sometimes you see a kid like a Ten-year-old, a twelve-year-old, and uh, he's talking about a big basketball player. Ah, he stinks! He didn't do this. He, he missed the shot. It was wide open. Was this, that, the other thing? Um, it, it, that's it's, it's kind of stupidly arrogant. Um, yes, a, a big a professional ball player, a superstar, can do some stupid things, but they're stupid because where he's up to and what you expect of him to get. This is this is, should have been a, a, a shoo-in. So, so when we say he he, he made a he, he did a stupid shot or something like that, then then it's something because he's professional and he's considered to be the best in the game that these things are false. The kid it doesn't even dream of being anywhere near close to it by a million miles. It's very important. We do have to learn Tanakh. Tanakh teaches us moral lessons, including the foibles of great people. And we do learn from it. The Torah says it not to embarrass Moshe, but to teach us. But we need to understand that it's a proportion. It's just like saying, you know, if something is off by one degree, it depends, what that means depends on where, how far along the line that is. One degree at the, at the, at the base, at the, at the point of divergence, could be a nothingness. And Two miles later, it's it's quite far. The, um, the 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 big people, and the Torah points out their faults for us to learn from, but they are faults because of big people. So that's why, for instance, by David, where the Navi presents it as a terrible thing, but we have to eliminate the obvious. She was not an Eshes Ish, um, but but it was something he shouldn't have done. It was technically okay but something that for many reasons, and you see when the Navi chastises him, he uses the Kips as a rush muscle, that he, he wanted something that for him wasn't much and for somebody else was his entire life. It, it was a very different perspective. He wasn't coming with that Avera. 
So it, it has a whiff of that of air, but technically it's not that. That's the way, right way to learn it. And Avnezza here is important, Avnezza, to bear in mind. The, how, how bad an air is depends on the person. Yes? So really, why does in Tanakh, why is it expressed in such an explicit way? I mean, for Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not expressed in as explicit a way, whereas by David Melch it is. Well, Shlomo it, it is. You haven't believed in me to, to be Kadashem Shemayim. It's a very powerful indictment of someone who's supposed to be the, 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 the um, apex of all his soul. And, and, and his Avey wasn't that in that area. So, um, uh, uh, you is expressing that point, and and Malaf Davar was a different area. You know, each one wherever it was. Um, by the way, just as a side note, we've probably spoken about other places, but it, it, you know, it's one of the sort of w- w- one of the points of a, sort of a, tr- uh, um, a truth check in Torah. There is nobody in the Torah that um, escapes uncriticized, unrebuked. So it's hard to attribute <coughs> the authorship to any one of the people in the Torah because I- I- if, you, if you take any other book written by anybody, uh, take the memoirs of our great leaders, y- you'll find remarkable that they came out, they did nothing wrong, everybody else did something wrong. Um, you won't find anything about Mohammed that Chassel did anything wrong. And uh, you won't find anything about Yeshu. Um, the Torah criticizes and lords everyone as it is. Only Akash Baruch who wrote it, and Akash Baruch who is the one who judged everyone and presents the Emes. Okay, next one is Ramban. It says, Voya Machna Nishal Eflata. Alderach Apshat Amazebu Ulay. Alderach Apshat, he didn't know for sure, like Ramnezer points out before. Rather, he was making a hope, a wish. You know, he's saying, listen, maybe this way something will stay. Like we saw the Devanazar brings before. The Torah teaches you don't put all your eggs in one basket. This is a marker fit. A person, the Torah taught us not to put everyone in one place. I want to make a remark about this and contemporary um, life. You know, let's take a Kodesh Prabhu out of the Cheshmer for a minute. And if we were looking at it as practical human beings, the movement in the last hundred years has been that if all the Jews would gather into Israel, into the land of Israel, that would ensure the continuity of the Jewish people. Everybody come together and fighting and so on. If somebody, it, it, I mean, it's, it's a sentiment, nobody's against Jews, nobody's against unity, and nobody's against Israel, so very hard when you argue with these things to have a reasonable argument. But a reasonable person would say it's the other way around. If you want to ensure the Jewish people would survive, then you need to have a group in Australia, a group in Germany, a group in the United States, a group in Chile, and, you know, whatever. Diversifying and not putting all the eggs in one basket assures survival. It, it, it's not the other way around. Um, 
it, it means that each one, the less people that are in each group, there might be slightly more danger for each one, but certainly if you want to make sure some Jews survive, there's a much smarter way to it. So it's one of those things, one of those arguments where everyone seems to buy into it, but it's not logical. The, uh, now the argument has been that they will assimilate in any other place but in Israel, which um, also has its, its flaws, because, I mean, if, if you assimilate culture, if you're all in Israel, the name is Israel and the flag is blue and white, but that's the only element of Judaism remains, then for all practical purposes you've assimilated. The fact that, that you have a different language, so if you, if you describe yourself as just having different language, then yes, it survives. But if you're describing yourself with some sort of content values, I have a hard time um, figuring out how that would work. But at any rate, so, uh, um, so <coughs> the Chazal teach us from Yaakovina we learn that you're supposed to um, put things in different, put eggs in different baskets to assure the survival of some eggs. I'll force him. He dressed him up with, he dressed him up sort of innocently, but they had weapons on them secretly. So, um, what he thinks in Rashi it means al karcha kilochim imoi ki Yaakov yodea she'ein zaroi kuloi noifu bilesav. Yaakov knew that everybody would not get killed out. Im kain yinotza machach hakolpanim. So he learns, and this is we sort of, and Ezra said this had the same idea, that he knew that somebody would survive. So one or the other will survive. The Gamze Yermois, this is a remnant for the future also. Shirley Yigzu Alainum, the Ace of Limchat Shmenu. The Ace of will never be Golza to destroy us totally. Avogdasu Ros and Tasenum Tasat Shlehem. They will do bear to us in different countries, to different parts of Kaisho. Melachatman Gaizabatsam of Mainam Agufai. One nation, one Melach is Gaiza. Um, and a different Melech is Merachim on them. This is one of the fascinating parts of Jewish history is that there never was uh, uh, there never, there's not one country in the world, except for America, which is really a very recent country, that has not been Goyzer against the Jews. That the Jews have not been unwelcome. Um, we've been thrown out of every country, persecuted, and yet um, never all countries simultaneously. So uh, we were in Germany and France. We were kicked out. We went into Spain. We were kicked out. We went to Turkey. Um, we ended up in Poland. The, um, the and and so on. And always, uh, Eastern Europe threw us out. America took us in, and and, and so on. The, the old Xeris was remarkable. Was the the, the um, when the Spanish Inquisition landed, and the Jews had to leave Spain. 
a few years before, I think probably 40 years before or so, Constantinople had changed from Christian to Muslim um, rule. And it was a fluke. I said the word fluke. It was, it was kind of unreal because it was considered, uh, Constantinople was considered to be invincible. And it was like, it was, a, it was a, a great historical fluke that it was conquered. And Turkey was the country that took in the, the vast majority of the Spanish emigrants that emigrated to Turkey. And Turkey was a flourishing tourist center for a long time, and so on. The, the Akadosh um, who every single nation uh, has cast us out, but every single nation together, never ever together. And that's, um, it, it is, all the, the nations never gathered as one to destroy us. Okay, the next one is Ramban. It says, it speaks about the Malach and, 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 the, and the Ikrim. It says, Vayak Yochlo. The Malach saw that he couldn't vanquish Yaakov. Um, so he's sort of bothered by um, the question. I mean, Malachim, I, I, I assume, are pretty strong creatures. And... Uh, stronger than human beings, um, I don't know, made out of fire and stuff, why couldn't they? Why couldn't the Malach vanquish him? So the Ramban says, A Malach does not have his own ability to act. So he was given certain parameters and he could only act within those parameters. And he could not do more than to unhinge his foot. He could not um, kill him or destroy him or whatever. The Ikram speaks, uh, describes Malach um, a, a lot more about what a Malach is and so on. Vedai says, Malachim being that they're not material. They don't, they're not described in any way with physical phenomena, like jealousy, like sinner, like, like hatred, competition. There's no bad in them. They don't, have, they don't choose bad. They always do what's right. That's why they're allowed, when they speak to people, they can speak as if they were God. Um, let's just consider that a moment. Uh, he brings, so he brings a few psukhs. The Malach told Hagar, I will increase, I will make your children many. It all sounds as if the Malach was actually the agent that was acting, the active agent, which is not true. It's like a Rishparuchu. Rabbi, how come there's the episode with the Malachim who came down to Sodom and it says that they got ownership because they said they were doing something? So that we'll have to deal with. That. Those are the, there, are, there are a few exceptions where it says, they said, Mashchisim Anachnus HaMokom, Hanefilim, the other of those Malachim that fell down, 
there are a handful of things where Chazal, Chazal say that this the Malach got hit for this, with for that. It, it, it's something. It's the exception has to do with and understand what that means. But but in general, a Malach has no persona really. So just like when I send an emissary to speak on my behalf, the the, the higher ranking the emissary is, the more of his own das he has the less he has a right to speak in my name. If he's somebody who's a total lackey and uh, just repeats verbatim what I tell him <coughs> to repeat, and he's got no self, then he can speak in my name, just like, just like my secretary, can, my personal secretary, who has no official position whatsoever, signs my name because she's a non-entity, uh, whereas my assistant or, or somebody who has, who's a minister in the government can't sign for me because he's his own person. Amala, because he has no no bechira of self, no no self, can speak with Hashem because it's like, it's like a microphone. Um, and so on. He brings the the brings all the places where you see that Amala talks as if he were God. Um, next paragraph. The reason for this is. The Malach will never um, disregard what Hashem said and change his eshlichus. He, he, he doesn't take any, um, he doesn't assume uh, any of powers as his own. You see, a Malach is called a Malach. So it's n- it says nothing about his uh, his own abilities or metzias. And like this we should say we should have thought about the Malach about being some sort of auspicious being a Seich Nivdal a Malach means a messenger and he wouldn't be a Malach means he is a messenger so just like if I send somebody to negotiate my behalf or I send somebody with instructions you as the recipient I'm not interested in, pres- in, in so when the person comes along and says, let me tell you a little bit about my background, my education, my skills, my this and that, they are of total, total lack of consequence. The only thing I want to know is that you are faithful to the one who you are presenting. So, so um, the lawyer is not supposed to be putting down his position. He's supposed to be the mouthpiece for the person that he's representing. Uh, and therefore, presenting himself in any way is not significant. So a malach is called a malach because he's a messenger. The fact that he may be very holy and may be sechel um, nivdol and all these wonderful things—that's a kaddish baruch business. Who we chose to be a malach? It's not our business at all. So, so why are they called malachim instead of shluchim? A malach means a shliach. It's another word of a shliach. Uh-huh. It's it's. Um, you know, we see by by by, by, by Nisasha, right. Yeah, you don't know whether it means a shliach. He can't do anything that is um, other than what Shem told him. And then he says, That's where you find Malachim are very coy about introducing themselves. Whenever they have, when the Malach told Yaakov, Yaakov said, who, who are you? Who's, it's not important. 
the chayla malach al manoach. Manoach asked the malach, "Who are you? You're like it's really neat. You know, you do all these things." Lomaz etishal shmi told him, "Doesn't make a difference. Who Pelly? My my name is hidden. My name is obscure. It's not something that is of any significance to you." Um, if you try to bring a carbon to me, I'm not going to take it. You, you, you want to know my name because you want to interact with me, you want to worship me? He says, it doesn't make a difference, he says, because I will not accept um, anything that you offer me. Um, I've not come to you and not presented myself to you because of who I am. So I'm not going to help you knowing anything about me. So, um, the, he, he, he basically was told that you have the Malach himself is of no significance, don't interact with him, it's all Dvar Hashem how Hashem chose to bring you to Dvar he has Malach um, what's it, it's interesting that Lamashal in, in, um, in, in the literature approach like in, in some other groups Sfarim it's like he's asked us to be mashbiya malachim and, and to, to try to get malachim to do your bidding. And there was one fellow in Israel, I don't know if he's still around, I have no idea. He, he had like a whole thing, a whole seance with um, malachim coming down and the kids seeing them bringing up this and shavuos and I, I, a whole thing. Somebody um, told me was there. Um, it was a, you know, the, I don't want to go through the whole long story how he does the thing. But it's something that was extremely, extremely um, looked down or frowned upon by the religious world. Malachim and, and are not to be dealt... Malachim are significant only in, in as much as HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses to, to give us a message to them. So the, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends his word to us through Kedusha, through a Malach. But Chasr Shalom, that the Malach himself is, is of significance. Um, anything we learn about them is simply we learn about Kadesh Baruch Hu, not about Malachim. And therefore we're not misasik with Malachim. That's, um, that's the... the uh, it, it, uh, let's give an example just so we have a, a, a picture. A very, very successful businessman will have very, very competent and capable underlings secretaries and uh, representatives and agents and lawyers and whatever. But, he, and it is, he, he would like you to note the fact that he's, uh, part of his being very successful and part of his being high up the ladder is the level of the Mesharsim that are around him. But, uh, no, but if you try to strike a bargain with an underling instead of with the, in other words, you want the secretary to write a letter for you um, behind the boss's back, th- that's subversion. Um, you, you, um, the boss will tell you, okay, I think I'll, I'll write this, I'll do this. Um, go to the secretary and tell her to do this or that or the other thing. We don't. We're not misasking Allah. We learn about it, 
because it's Kvoid Hashem, the river, river, Malachim, and, and so on. Akash Baruch chose to build himself that way, and it's, and it, and it's correct. The Messiah is it as Kvoid Hashem. It is incorrect, the Messiah is in any way with Tefillah, Bakosha, whatever it is, directed towards the Malachim and such. Okay, we'll hold it here.